0: I'm Amanda Woods, and I'm Blaine Hogan, and let's talk about getting stuff done.
1: All right, so we are here with Blaine Hogan, who is a freelance director, and Blaine and I have worked on a couple projects together, Um, great friend, great creative uh, thinker, but If I weren't friends with you, I'd have no idea what a freelance director actually means. So can you tell us a little bit about your current gig?
0: Yes, absolutely. So uh, a freelance director for me, it means directing and it's mostly in video uh, video form. So that's documentaries, it's short films, it's commercial and branded content, and it's music videos.
1: Can you give us some examples of things that we might have seen or that are out there that we can look up?
0: Yes, actually. um, I just completed a a short form uh, travel series with Alaska Airlines. And so that would be um, on my website, BlaineHogan.com. Or you could go to YouTube and just search Alaska Airlines and Darling Magazine. Um, It was a cool branded partnership between Alaska Airlines. They were doing a rebrand for their, because they just bought Virgin America. And um, which is great, but also kind of sad, because Virgin America was amazing. And then uh, a magazine in L.A. called Darling, which is uh, a women's, Uh, uh, magazine and um, so we spent 20 days on the road um, traveling to eight different cities and it was amazing we just got to spend two days in each city traveling around looking for the coolest things that there were to do in each of those places
1: that's awesome so you decide essentially here's the story that we're going to tell and help make that
0: story happen. Yep, and it all depends. There's so many different ways uh, that my job works. Um, When I approach a job, I really am asking, what is the job that they're asking me to do? Because sometimes it's as a writer, sometimes it's as a collaborator, sometimes it's as a director for a script that an agency or a client have been laboring over for two years and now they just need a director to execute that vision. Um, Or sometimes it's something really intimate and personal. um, Some of the jobs that you and I have worked Mm -hmm. on where we've traveled abroad and we are figuring out the story as we go um, through a lot of interviews and sort Mm -hmm. of more documentary storytelling. So it takes a lot of different forms.
1: Awesome. okay so blaine there's a lot of different ways that people will try to get things done whether that's on a project or it's a big job that they have to do every year um and there's not necessarily a right way or a wrong way as long as we get the goal that we've all agreed upon right so can you tell us a little bit about how you are going through that start to finish process what are some of the things that you do that you know you have to get done every single time uh, but not necessarily like a step-by-step excel spreadsheet style type of thing
0: amanda that's a great question so in my world there are three phases to a project there's pre-production There's production, where you're actually filming the project. And then there's post-production, where you're editing and finishing and making it into the thing. Um, And so any pre-production process always starts with some idea. And those ideas are either given to you by a client or an agency or a musician, or you're left to your own devices to come up with something. And so um, I guess maybe I'll just talk really briefly about the idea phase. Yeah. yeah. There is a woman by the name of Twyla Tharp, and she's a choreographer. Um, She was really big in the 70s, and this incredible New York City uh, choreographer, she wrote a book called The Creative Habit, which is Hmm. probably on my top three list of books to read, especially for creatives, but I think anybody who's trying to get anything done could learn something from it.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Because creativity is not uh, relegated, in my opinion, to the artists. Creativity is not a a noun, it's an adjective. Mm -hmm. And so often we, um, it's a little bit of a soapbox, but often we look at creative people as the harbingers of creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a a misnomer. Everyone has the possibility to be creative. Creativity is just a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you um, prize yourself as someone, or pride yourself as someone who thinks differently about something, you're being creative. So just would want to yeah. encourage people. That's a good note. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the uh, what Twyla Tharp used to do, and she details this in, in her book, is she had this big cardboard box. And um, as she would go about her day, she would uh, hear something on the radio, and back in the day when you had cassette tapes and you had to like put it in and record mm-hmm. it, you probably, oh, over- yeah okay, right. Um, so, uh, she would record a song that she heard on the radio and then she would throw it in the box. Then uh, if she saw a magazine article with an interesting quote, she'd throw it in the box. If she saw um, a, a photo um, out on the street, she'd take a picture of it with a Polaroid camera. She'd throw it in the box. And so anything that she stumbled across uh, upon throughout her day that inspired her, mm-hmm. didn't have any connection to anything, but just something that was like, oh, that kind of moves me, does something inside of me, she would throw it in the box. And uh, over time, the box was filled with all of these random tidbits of inspiration. So when she was commissioned to do a project, say a ballet came came to her and said, hey, we want you to choreograph a piece, or she was ready to do something on her own that would be a personal project, she would dump out the box and she would start making connections. And uh, creativity, again, like I said, is about thinking things dif- thinking about things differently, but it's also about making connections mm-hmm. to things that you wouldn't necessarily connect. And so for the artists, or for me as a director, I'm always trying to make sure that I have ideas before I need them. So I practice the discipline of throwing things in a box. For me, I call it scratching. Um, scratch when you don't itch is the, the phrase that I've given it. And so I am really inspired by music, inspired by words and images. And so 20 to 30 minutes uh, a day, maybe less, um, and it's often when I should be doing my actual work, I will like go (laughs) on- Nobody
1: ever does that by the way. No, 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 right. (laughs) I either
0: online shop for clothes or I do this. This actually um, is a great benefit. But I will go on Pinterest and I'll just go on a rabbit trail Mm -hmm. where if I see an image, Uh, i'm really inspired by um european theater design because my background's in theater and so i love like weird avant-garde set design and I'll just follow these rabbit trails, and if I see an image that I like, I tag it and I throw it in my scratching pile. I don't know what I'm gonna use it for, but I just put it in. Same thing with music, same thing with words. So I have an Evernote, and I'll just write stuff down as things come, or if I read something in a book, I'll put it down as a quote. Same thing with music, I'll do a rabbit trail, and if I feel like, hear a song, and just the first five or 10 seconds does something to, to, to me,
1: mm-hmm. I tag
0: it and I throw it in the box. So then, when I have a project, um, like I just got off a call today with um, a, a, a client and an agency phone call where I was pitching an idea well three days ago they came and said hey can you put together a treatment um, which is a really f- quick turnaround time to do something um, but I had already amassed a bunch of images that that seemed to fit this project and so when I was putting together treatment, I already had all of these ideas. So I was never starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the hardest thing to do as a creative is to um, to start from scratch. So I try to always make sure that I never do. Like I'm never staring at a blank page. I'm at least staring at a pile of stuff that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually where I start.
1: That's amazing. I think there's so much wisdom in that and just thinking through how do we take a break from that being in the mess, totally focused on it to give ourselves some space to be able to think through what could be better about this and love how you're using that to think in the future of what do I not even know yet? Like that's that's amazing, great advice. Okay, so hearing all the different things that you are having to go through and walk people through on this journey with you before you actually have the final product for people to be able to see and get excited about, what, are, what would you say is a number one motivator for you when you're just having one of those days and it just feels like nothing is coming, everything is a struggle? What is the thing that you go to to be able to find that inner strength to be able to say, I can do this, let's get going?
0: Uh, so the very first thing would be I, I would go back to really what I just said, just the pile of stuff that I've already amassed. Um, that is insanely helpful because, again, you're not starting from scratch. Um, I look at my work as a mix of uh, something that I need is freedom and structure. And so there are moments where, like, you just, like, uh, we have a, a thing that actually we stole from our friends, Sean and Aaron. But when their boys were little um, and they were at the dinner table and uh, they were eating and she would say, knees are buns? And it's basically like you sit down and you can you you uh, you can't stand up to the table, but you have to sit on your knees or your buns. It's basically just like a cute little way to get people get their kids just to stay at the table. Mm-hmm. I repeat that phrase to myself all the time. Like I I need to stay at this desk, knees or buns, until I get something out. Even if it's just like one or two terrible lines, and if I can give myself the self discipline of doing. Um, just getting, like, one phrase out if it's, if it's a writing job or one idea out. And then I give myself the grace and permission and freedom to go for a walk or just stand up and move. Um, I usually – I'm a pretty kinetic person. So you've been in meetings with mm-hmm. me. Like, I'll have a soccer ball with you. Yeah. Me, and um, I'm either kicking the ball or I'm throwing it around. And I just need to get my body moving. And I think that so often we think of ourselves as disembodied, um, but really we're, everything is connected. And so, so often people will just um, put their nose to the grindstone and keep going, uh, when actually, or like stay knees or buns. when really what they need to do is give themselves permission to like get up and move, mm-hmm. and um, have a change of environment, or um, just even just walk around and move around to get your blood going. Um, I think that there are often obviously times where you just have to just shut up and do your work and um, fill out a spreadsheet, mm-hmm. which I have to do a lot, <laughs> actually, um, for shot lists and that kind of stuff. And then there are times where you just have to give yourself permission to get up and move around.
1: Awesome. That's so good. Okay, so now that we know what is helpful to get you motivated, have We've all been in situations when we've been working on something and it just feels like everything is just totally shot and we're on this great trajectory and we just lost it. Are there things that you've been able to see as trends throughout your work life when you can almost start to sense like I'm about to have one of those moments because you can almost see it coming. Mm. Are there certain things like that that you look for to try to be able to anticipate when you're gonna have that just energy drain?
0: And do you mean more like you're going to hit a wall from a creative standpoint or just say more about that so I make sure I'm understanding you?
1: Yeah, I think for me I've noticed there are a couple times like when you were talking about like I just got to get up and move. Mm. I've noticed that for myself too. So I try to be more mindful of how long I've been sitting down just to kind of get something Fresh, yep. or it's like, if I feel like I'm staring at it for too long, I can't see anything, I have no value to bring. Yep. So I need to get fresh eyes, whatever that means. Yep. Um, so it could be that. It could be more creative-focused. Whatever you've noticed. Yep.
0: Um, I think that, um, for me, when I... I sense it in myself when I realize I'm repeating myself. Mm. Like... Um, where I'm stealing from myself too much, like there, uh, there are times where I I realize like oh I'm just I'm just saying the same thing that I've always said before, hmm. and uh, there are certainly all of us will align ourselves into a certain groove where like this is kind of who you are and this is your style or the way that you approach something, um, but I think I know that I need. Um, and for me what it usually is is collaboration when I realize like oh, I'm just saying the same thing also for me I'm a really verbal processor and so if I'm just writing mm-hmm. that usually isn't going to get my best work I need to be talking with someone taking notes while I'm talking mm. so you and I will be having a conversation and we'll start having some dialogue over a, a, a situation I mean I think that Uh, our last one in Zambia was very much like that, where we we went to Zambia and we didn't have a story. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what story we were gonna tell. Yeah, And then we found a couple of amazing subjects and we started thinking, what could it be? And um, when we would sit down and have lunch, or a meal specifically, is when I was doing my most creative work, which was me processing verbally Hmm. what I was thinking about. And meanwhile, and I don't know if you noticed, but I was always taking notes.
1: Yes, because, I that.
0: Because I know that I'm going to pro- – like some little nugget or gem is going to happen as we're in dialogue mm-hmm. um, that I couldn't get to on my own. And so I think that there's a lot of times where you're – I think people are like, well, they don't want to ask for help because they don't want to seem like they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, or they don't want to ask for help because they want to come up with it. themselves like their own original thought Mm -hmm. and um for me I think it's more of an exercise in humility than anything else to be able to go I'm not sure like Mm -hmm. I don't have all the ideas um I guess the last thing I would say as an example to that is I met with this guy who his name is Reza Tabrizi, and he's the executive producer of Chicago Fire um here not the team but the show yeah and um, He started as a camera operator and has worked his way up to executive producer and he directs a bunch of the episodes and um, He was talking about his process and talks about all the preparation that he does before he walks on set But he said something that I thought was so interesting that stuck with me is that he hopes that when he walks on the set He doesn't have the best idea and so, for an executive producer or for the director of the of the episode, to have the humility to go, I, it's not just me. Yeah. Um, you know, part of so much of directing isn't just having the vision; it's assembling the team, mm-hmm. where you rely on a group of people uh, to help you solve those problems in ways that you never would be able to do. And so, I guess my advice would be who is your team mm-hmm. so you're you who are the people that you can go to where you can work out a, a, a problem or you can have them give you a, a a fresh set of eyes and i just keep finding again and again that the more people i ask and the the more humble i am by saying i don't know
1: mm-hmm.
0: the better it ends up being
1: how, because I think that that is such, like, whenever I picture what you're talking about, it's like that is, like, dream scenario to have a team that you can be that real with, sure. that you can really have the freedom yeah. to be able to build off of each other and not feel so competitive. What or Is there any advice that you would say for somebody who is wanting to create that type of culture, mm. wherever they are, yep. whatever industry, but right now they don't even know if – there's such a lack of freedom that they don't even know if anybody else has that value or that mindset but they feel like they have to as much as they want to be collaborative they have to keep a certain hold on things because that's what's expected
0: yep i think um that's such a antiseptic way of doing life Mm -hmm. because you're living uh, uh, uh the that framework assumes the idea that scarcity is the most important thing that things are going to run out Mm -hmm. that you'll no longer have ideas or that there are trade secrets to your process that um will go away or if someone takes them from you that will be you'll no longer work um and i just and some of it's my own faith story but like i just believe in a world of abundance that there is enough for everybody and um if you don't have it in your organization, I feel like you have to be the one to, to go first. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I talk a lot about on set is that fear is not allowed on our set. Hmm. Um, because what we're trying to do is already so difficult. Yeah. And if you are afraid, um, it's one thing to be like anxious and nervous and am I going to do a good job? That's all normal. And, um, and I totally get that but it's that idea of, of fear and lack of freedom um, that gets in the way and physiologically changes the way you think. So if your mm-hmm. brain is afraid, um, it's pushed you into fight or flight, and what does that is a, a chemical called cortisol that gets released in your brain. And cortisol um, causes you to have that fight or flight instinct. Oh my god! Fight or flight, neither one of those are creative solutions. They're binary, dual hmm. solutions. And it's just one or the other. Um, creative solutions are always a third way. They're always some other thing. And so if you are afraid, your body is actually causing you to make terrible decisions. And it's giving you only two options. Yeah. And so you notice like people um, you know, look at politically, people find themselves on the, the right or the left. And often the, they find the further you go onto those spectrums, the deeper the fears are, hmm. if you like, you think about um, just what people are afraid of. Yeah, um, it's almost always just a deeper fear. Uh, the farther on the spectrum that you go, and so I'm not sure if I'm making a ton of sense, but I I think that um, I want to help people remember that we don't live in a world of scarcity, but we live in a world of abundance. Mm. And that's easy, certainly for like a rich white man to say. <laughs> yeah. um, I understand that I have a certain amount of privilege, um, but my faith story, and I think as a Christian, that's the story of the gospel, is that it's life, death, and resurrection. Life, death, resurrection, and so it just keeps going on and on and on. And there's so much like generative. I don't want to call it sound too hippie, but energy yeah. in all of that. Um, and that's how I'm trying to live a creative life is by actually believing and living into that.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. I love what you said. It's like literally like a microtherapy session for me just now listening to what you have to say. Oh my gosh. I was like, this is incredible. Like, I knew that you had all the creative side and that you had a more, a richer sense, especially on the spiritual side. But I was like, oh my gosh, there's not only like that, but yeah, there's just so many ways that you can think about that and how we are whole people and trying to compartmentalize so much takes away, like it might temporarily seem like you're raising one side up to be better. And this is great, but you're taking away from the whole that you can really bring, which that's, so insightful and i had no idea that i would have that little session today so thank you for that you're welcome okay blaine so for our last question for you Whenever there's a lot of people who want to do things, but they're scared to start, and I'll use myself as an example. I was super nervous to even be like, Hey, Blaine, will you record a podcast with me? And we're friends, yeah. And so, whenever you think about people in those types of situations, what would you say to them so that they can start to make what they want to make? They can do what they want to do, they can get the things done that they want to get done.
0: Um, so, uh when we so our daughter started second grade today Aww. and um last year and this year every time we put her on the bus we um whispered three things to her be kind have courage fail and the um obviously be kind is really easy you don't know what people are going through have courage because things are scary mm-hmm. and fail is something that um i heard and i can't remember the name of the woman but um she started the clothing line Spanx, the, like, oh, women's yeah. undergarment. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it was on the podcast of um, How I Made This. Uh-huh. And she was being interviewed, and she was asking, like, she was being asked, did, where did you get this entrepreneurial spirit? Um, like, did it come from your parents? And she said, I think it came from my parents, but kind of in a sideways way. Um, and she told the story about how w- when uh, her and her brother and sister were growing up, Uh, Her dad when they came home from school. He wouldn't ask that kind of classic question of like how was school or what did you learn today? Mm -hmm. he asked how did you fail and um, the the point of the question was for them to get comfortable with trying new things and Knowing that failure is not um, a, a problem But failure is an opportunity to learn something new and that you only you only get better uh, and you only create new, better, anything I- if you are comfortable with failing. And so it could be as simple as like, you went up to say hi to the new kid at school and he ignored you. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a, a, an appropriate example of failing. Yeah. So then, Oh, and in
1: second grade, that's huge. Right.
0: <laughs> and so what you would do is you, you ask the question, so then when Ruby comes home today, we'll ask like, where were you kind, where did you have courage, and how did you fail? and um the the failing part is the one that for me i most get most excited about and it's an answer to your question um but it is uh giving her uh, a reminder that w- well what we'll do is she'll say whatever it is and we'll celebrate it we'll be like yes like <laughs> you failed amazing and then what did you learn mm-hmm. so as an actor um i I think that I have, so Malcolm Gladwell talks about his 10,000 hours, Uh so my 10,000 hours first was probably as an actor, Hmm. um, but really it's as a failure because I have gone on 1,000 auditions and I maybe got 20, 30 over like my whole 15-year career of acting professionally where I was like actually making money and paying my rent. Um, And that's a pretty common story uh, for most actors. But what it taught me is like, failure's okay. You're gonna go to that audition and you probably won't get it. Mm -hmm. And it started to give me these ups, these repetitions, these at-bats of failing. And and, um, it's hard sometimes for people to believe that if they try, the biggest, reason why most people don't try things is because they uh, they're afraid that they're gonna fail mm-hmm. um, because we've been taught that failure is not an option or that failure is somehow bad or that failure is a failure and that is not correct failure um is a chance to learn and it's uh, it's the only way that we move ourselves into different like we've all as babies you had to like crawl and fall and then you had to like learn how to walk and you fall and as we get more proficient as grown-ups we think that we should somehow no longer do that thing that we did Mm -hmm. to get us where we are but the only way you get going and get into different levels of like being a whole human is to have those experiences so I think that the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway and you should probably edit a lot of this out but what (laughs) I would say is that you have got to be more comfortable with failure. Hmm. allow yourself all of the grace and all of the permission to try the thing and then it may fail yeah. great what happened How, what did you learn celebrate that failure because you tried something new that's amazing most people never do that and then two, what did you learn
1: hmm
0: N- and not so that you can never do it again but so that you can use that to like you're gonna learn that you didn't die you're yeah. gonna learn that that sucked and that felt really bad and that was embarrassing but I'm still here um, or you're going to learn like, oh, if I did this again, I would do this differently. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that would be the biggest thing. Um, you must become more c- comfortable with failure. And then in the most practical terms, um, when I'm thinking about a story or a script, I try and think about what's called the final climactic scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the last thing that's going to happen in the movie. It's like the most like, emotional whatever. Um, and I try to think about what that is when I'm starting a project. Um, and then I think, what's one thing I can do today to get me one tiny step closer to that final climactic scene? So that might be like having a conversation with a person about a script, or mm-hmm. emailing a producer, or um, going through my scratching pile and seeing if there's like a wardrobe choice that fits that one thing. Um, because all these giant projects are just these tiny little, tiny steps. And if there's something that you're wanting to do, chances are you can think of one thing that you could do today Mm -hmm. that would just take one tiny step closer. And then as you do that and you become uh, more disciplined doing those tiny little steps every single day, they turn into these giant steps. And before you know it, you'll be like, holy cow, I started a podcast. (laughs) I'm Amanda Woods and I've started a podcast. Wow. So it's amazing.
1: That is incredible. All right, we have learned so much today from Blaine about how to get things done, whether that's in the creative space or in everyday life really and how do we really just approach things with open hands and how can we really get the best end result for what we're trying to do um so blaine thank you so much for being here my pleasure um if someone wanted to come find you work with you on a project or just ask you questions about more in depth how you get things done where can they find you
0: um on instagram blaine hogan or blainehogan.com which is my website
1: awesome and i'm super excited to share with everyone that we are now an approved apple podcast so whatever platform you're listening to uh, get stuff done on please rate us all the stars because if this is having any impact on you like it's having impact on me then we are probably going to end up with a world where a lot more stuff gets done so we will talk to you later